Well, we're going to continue our series today, Good News for All, the study of the Gospel of Luke that we've been going through over these last few weeks and months as a church family. And today we're going to be basing ourselves in Luke chapter 2, verse 21 to 35. And the title of this message is Worth the Wait. This is what it says. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and many others to rise he has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. I don't know about you, but I struggle waiting for things. I'm terribly impatient, whether it's holidays, whether it's Christmas, whether it's a big birthday or something like that. I, I find it hard to wait. I, I'm by nature an impatient person my family can attest to this that I think I've got my grandfather's genes a little bit and I've been really impatient over the last few weeks me and my brothers we've booked to go away to Barcelona at the end of September and I'm so excited for this this is the first proper holiday abroad that I've had in three years because of Covid and I'm just so excited to go away it's a place that I've always wanted to go to however I'm, I'm finding it pretty hard to wait for this holiday especially because everybody at this moment in time is posting pictures of their holidays everybody's away during the six weeks holidays they they go into incredible places and it's making me a little bit jealous you know I'm fed up of being stuck here and and I really can't wait to go away I, I hope that it hurries up but I know that the worth will uh, that the wait will be worth it I know that all this waiting will be totally worth it Maybe you're similar to me. Maybe you find it hard waiting for things. As I said, maybe your birthday, maybe it's for work to finish. Maybe you can't wait to, to buy a home, start a family, go away, make dreams and memories together. And, and, you know, maybe you're looking forward to that. Maybe it's just Christmas. But maybe like me, you find it hard waiting. You know, the gospel writer, Luke here, he talks about somebody who is also waiting as well. He was waiting for the first Christmas. This man's name was Simeon. The Bible says that Simeon was a godly man. He was a man who had a close, living, acting, active relationship with God when all of Israel and those around him were far away from God. It was a very dark time in the, in the nation, spiritually speaking. 
The people of God hadn't heard from the Lord for 400 years. There hadn't been a single prophet who'd spoken the name of the Lord. No miracles had been performed for 400 years. There hadn't been any angelic appearances. Nobody heard from God. It seems like God was silent in the, that little page between the Old Testament and New Testament in our Bibles. There's this 400 year gap where, where God doesn't speak. But then we see all of a sudden at the, the beginning of the Gospels that, that everything begins to come into motion. That suddenly the time was right and God was beginning to speak again. And everything was coming into place ready for the Savior of the world to come and to be born. You know, the Lord revealed to Simeon that, that he wouldn't die until he seen the Messiah, until he had seen Jesus. And Simeon, he was old, holding on to this promise. Now, we're not told how long Simeon had to wait for this promise to come to pass. We're not told when he received this promise from the Lord, but it must have been some time for Luke to even mention it and for him to say that, that he was eagerly waiting. Tradition says that Simeon would have been around 113 years old at this point. And then the prophetess who was also in the temple at that time, Anna, she was 84 and she was also waiting to see Jesus. Now we're not long, we're not sure how long they were waiting, but they were eagerly waiting. And finally, the day had come where the promise was going to become a reality. What God has said was going to come to pass. And I want to encourage you with that today. Whatever God has said to you, will come to pass. God's word does not return void. It is faithful. He is faithful to accomplish what he has said. And we see here that the Simeon was about to see this promise come to pass. Now, the Bible doesn't say if it was his usual day off from serving in the temple, working in the temple, but the Bible tells us that Simeon was so close to God that he was led by the Holy Spirit that day to go to the temple. Simeon was a prototype Pentecostal as our former pastor, Pastor Robert Baldwin, preached a message on many years ago. He was a prototype Pentecostal. He was somebody who was filled with the Holy Spirit, close with God, somebody who prayed, was looking for Jesus, waiting for Jesus to come, held on to the promises of God. And he was so close to God that that day he heard the leading of the Holy Spirit. He heard the voice of God tell him to go to the temple. And what happens when he gets to the temple? Well, we read it again, verse 27 to 28. It says, That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He was there. The right moment, the right time, because he was so in tune with God, Simeon was there. And Simeon knew when Mary and Joseph walked into the temple that day with Jesus, he knew who they were. How did he know? because he was so close to God. Simeon spent time in prayer and you know, God always reveals things to those who will seek him and spend time with him. And the Bible says he takes baby Jesus in his, uh, in his arms and he begins to praise God and he's this incredible worship song. So he says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you promised. How he have seen your salvation, which you have now prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is the glory of your people, Israel. It was worth the wait for Simeon. All these years after receiving that promise, not sure if he'd ever see that promise come to pass, but not being told by God that he would, before he died, he would see the Messiah. All that time waiting, 
it was worth it for Jesus. When he, for Simeon, when he seen Jesus, it was all worth it. He's seen the salvation of the Lord. Now you might be wondering today, this is, this is great. You know, you might say today, cool story, bro, as, as people say, you know, it's, it's a nice little story, but you might be wondering, what's this got to do with you and me today? How does this apply to us? Because Jesus has already come. He's already come, so we don't have to wait for that. And that is true. However, just as Simeon was eagerly waiting for Jesus to come the first time, as the people of God, we should be eagerly waiting for Jesus to come back a second time. Because the Bible says that he is coming again. It says this in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 to 28. And just as each person is destined to die once and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who who were eagerly waiting for him. We have never been closer to the return of Jesus than we are right now. Jesus could come back at any moment. And the Bible says that when he comes, he will come quickly. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. You know where the writer here says the blink of an eye or the twinkling of an eye, as it says in other translations of the Bible. This this word originates from the Greek word, which means atmos and or atomos, sorry, and it's the same word where atom comes from. And it speaks of something that can't be measured, really. It says that this time is so quickly that you can't even quantify it. And that's what it's saying here about the return of Jesus. When Jesus comes and that, that trumpet sounds for the rapture, the people of God to be taken up with him and meet with our Savior. He says, the Bible is saying here, it'll happen in a moment, in a nanosecond. It'll just be like that. And the people of God will be with Jesus. In other words, you won't have time to to get your house in order, to get your life right with God. When that last trumpet sounds, there is no time. You're either right with God or you're not. You'll either be taken up or you will be left behind. Now you might be saying, if it's going to happen quickly, when is it going to happen? Do we know when it's going to happen? Well, the Bible says that no one knows. Not even Jesus knows when he's coming. Only the Father, only God the Father knows that he is coming. So today, if that's the case, if if Jesus is coming again, if he's coming and he can come at any moment, he's going to come in the blink of an eye, you might be wondering today, how can we get ready for this? Just like Simeon was ready for the first coming, he was eagerly waiting for the first coming of Jesus. How can we get ready for the second coming of Jesus? What can we do? Well, I believe there are a few things we can learn from Simeon whilst we are waiting. And the first thing, that we should do is watch for him. We should watch for Jesus. I'm sure this is what Simeon was doing every single day, watching where is Jesus going to come from? When is Jesus going to come? And you know, as the people of God today, we should be paying attention to the world around us and what, and what is going on in our world right now. You know, in the book of Daniel, the foolish king there, he, he faced judgment because he didn't respond to the writing that was on the wall. And you know, all around us, there are signs that are happening right now 
before our very eyes biblical prophecies that are taking place right now, day by day, that are indicating that Jesus is coming again. Jesus said these words in Matthew 24, verse 4 to 14. He said, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. These signs are happening before our very eyes. Wars, we're seeing with Russia, Ukraine, we're seeing it now with China and Taiwan. All these things aren't just accidents or coincidence. We've seen it with Israel and with Palestine. These things aren't just accidents. The Bible, what the Bible has said will happen before Jesus comes, is happening before our very eyes. It talks about disease there. And we've got, we've just come out of that pandemic or coming out of the end of that pandemic with coronavirus. But now you've got monkeypox and all these other diseases which are starting to just increase right across the world. We see in the economy, global economy, the UK economy, it's in a crisis, it's in a mess right now. Talks about drought and famine and, you know, we're seeing all that that's happening right here in the UK with the driest July ever on record. These next few weeks are going to be absolutely boiling as well. Droughts in many, many parts of the country. It's incredible to see all these things taking place. Sin rampant everywhere. Breakdown in family life, home life, in society. People turning away from God. We're seeing that there's persecution within the church right now because of our beliefs. People thinking that we're old school and, and that we go against uh, the, what society is saying today. All these things are indications that Jesus is coming again. And so the first thing we should do, just like where Simeon was, is watch for him. We should be looking at all this happening and, and thank God that it's an indication that he's coming again. The second thing that we should do is be prepared to go. You know, as I said, I've booked a way to go a, a, a book to go away in September on holidays to, to Barcelona. But, you know, before I go, I'll pack my bags. Well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll have my mother's help with that. But, but you know, I'll get everything ready, everything I need to, to go away. I'll have it prepared. I'll get my passport ready, all my luggage ready. I'll get everything that I need to go away. I'll, I'll drive to the airport early so that I'm there at a good time just before, just so that I don't miss the flight. I get ready ahead of, a t ahead of time so I'm prepared to go. And that's what Simeon was doing. Simeon was prepared for the first coming of Jesus. How do I know that? Because he was full of the Holy Spirit, he was praying, and he was waiting. He was somebody who was so close to God that he was waiting for Jesus to come. He was prepared for Jesus to come. He was in an active relationship with the Lord, and he was ready. I know this is what we should do. We should be making sure and asking this question on a regular basis. Am I right with the Lord? And am I living in a way that would please him when Jesus comes again? 
you know, we should be living ready. It says in Titus chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Living in this reality that Jesus could come again at any moment should make a difference in our lives and how we live and how we behave. We need to get ready for him to come again. Thirdly, what should we do? How can we get ready for his coming? We should be eagerly awaiting his return, just like Simeon. You know, every Sunday morning and every Wednesday evening, my, my dog Charlie, she has a bit of a pout because she knows that she's going to be left in the house on her own for a few hours. Now, she's very fortunate that there is always one of us there, either my brothers or my parents. There's always somebody in the house. So she's very rarely left on her own for very long. But she knows on a Sunday and a Wednesday, because we're all in church, she knows that she's going to be left on her own. So she begins to pout. She hates it. And she she can't, you know, she absolutely hates being left on her own. But, you know, as soon as we come back from church, as soon as we pull up to the drive, more often than not, she's up on the sofa looking out the window or she sometimes runs to the, the living room window. She climbs up onto the radiator and you could see her head poking out the window. And as soon as I get out of the car or my brothers or my parents get out of the car, you can hear her beginning to bark. Next thing you know, as soon as we try and get through the door, she is pushed so close up against the door that we, we struggle to get in sometimes. And, and then as soon as we get in, she's jumping up on us. She's crying. She's licking us, kissing us. You know, she's so excited to see us. She goes and grabs her toys ready to play. She's eagerly waiting for us. She can't wait. She's listening out and she's waiting for us. And that's how Simeon was. He was waiting, eagerly waiting for Jesus to come and he couldn't wait to see the Messiah and his promise fulfilled in his life. And that's how we should be waiting for the Lord's return. We shouldn't be dreading it, thinking, oh, you know, I hope he doesn't come. I want to live my life. I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to meet him face to face. I can't wait to spend eternity with him. We should be excited for Jesus's return, not dread it. We should be excited. It's going to be the most incredible moment ever when we see our Savior face to face and then finally as we're waiting for Jesus to return we should also be working as well it says this in Luke 12 verse 43 if these are Jesus's words if the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job there'll be a reward you know it's been said before that if watching is the evidence of faith then working is the evidence of faith in action you know waiting for the Lord's return it'll, it'll help us to prepare our own lives but working for the Lord will ensure that we bring others with us also and that's what we want to do when I say here we should be working we should be working for the Lord in in other words making Jesus known telling people about Jesus serving Jesus helping to advance the kingdom of God and the kingdom of light and not the kingdom of darkness this is God's heart and his plan that none should perish. He doesn't want anybody to be left behind. And so as the people of God, it's our job to get out there and tell our friends, our family members, our co-workers, our schoolmates, our university friends, whoever it is, we should be telling people about Jesus and telling them about his love, telling them about the cross, the resurrection, what he has come to do for you and me. Whilst there is still time, let's make Jesus known to all those around us. Paul writes this and encourages the believers in this way in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 20. 
He says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks to, for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Simeon was doing and that's what you and I should be doing as well. Waiting for the Lord and working and serving the Lord, making him known. And so as we come to a conclusion of this message today, I wonder, are you ready for that day? Are you ready for Jesus to come again? You know, he's coming for his people, those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus and asked him into, into their lives to be his, their Lord and Savior. He's coming for all of us who are known as the children of God. And he's coming for those who are watching, those who are ready, those who are prepared, those who are eagerly awaiting his return, those who are serving him and making him known, just like Simeon. You know, the first time Jesus came, he came as a babe in a manger. But the second time, that Jesus comes, he's coming again in glory, the victorious, resurrected King, the Savior of the world. He is coming again. And Jesus said these words, he said, surely I am coming quickly. And you know, our response to that should be the same as John's in Revelation 22, where he says, even so, come Lord Jesus. You know, if there's anything in your life today that, that, you know, preventing you from saying those words, then I want to encourage you just to check that your life is right with the Lord. You know, we must examine our hearts, our ambitions, our pursuits, our hopes, our dreams and our plans by this truth of the Lord's imminent return. You know, it isn't something that we should dread. We shouldn't be afraid of Jesus coming again, but we should be so excited for it. And so let's make sure that our lives are right because Jesus is coming back again. And it might be sooner than you and I will think. So let's get ready for it. And you know, when we see Jesus face to face, I'm sure we'll just join with Simeon in saying, Lord, it was worth it. It was worth the wait. Amen.